0: Hi there, this is Dennis Velka with Bureau Voices. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where we have engaging conversations with LGBTQ community leaders, entrepreneurs, and professionals. And Andy Kramer, who we have the honor and privilege of speaking with today, he fits all three of those categories. He has an interesting story, so we're going to jump right in and let him begin to share his background. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you, Dennis. Well, Andy, uh, you know, I, I like to uh, I can't possibly uh, restate all of your rich and wonderful history. Um, so I, I would prefer if you could give us a, you know, kind of a five, ten minute kind of overview. I know you've done a lot. Uh, so but if you could kind of do that and then we'll kind of transition
1: into what you're working on today. That'd be great, Dennis. I, uh, I grew up in upstate New York. 72 years old, and I was born uh, four years after World War II. And um, as I was uh, growing up, I uh, I grew up in a small town. Um, Being gay, I uh, was at a point where Alan Turing was castrated for being a homosexual. Uh, Being homosexual was um, uh, looked down upon, was illegal. And um, you can imagine growing up in the 50s, uh, I couldn't be any more in the closet. Grew up, uh, I was a little, uh, I was a little strange uh, compared to everybody else. And uh, I always felt a little bit out of it. Uh, I grew up, I went to college at the University of Pennsylvania. I went to the Wharton School of Finance and Commerce. And after graduating, I headed out west and, uh, and I opened my first retail store. Um, it was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, uh, when I graduated from school, most of the people that I graduated with went to New York. It was, uh, in 1970. So the war was going on and I decided I'd rather be a hippie than be an investment banker. And, uh, and I stayed in Albuquerque for four years and then migrated to San Francisco. Uh, I opened my first store in San Francisco in 1975, and uh, and I kept those stores for the next 20 years. Uh, We grew to have a 10 stores. They were very popular. They were in the heart of Castro Street, and um, uh, which had then become the gay place for people to go from all over the world. That were absolutely beaten up and and hurt. We were very, very popular, grew from one to 10 stores. We brought Halloween to San Francisco in a big way. We supported all the large parties. Um, uh, We would give trips around the world for contests. Uh, Our sweepstakes were famous. So we would give two round trip tickets, first class, and get lots of people in the store. The music was always pounding, it was always good. People enjoyed it. We stayed open until 11 o'clock at night. And we all had a good time until 1981. In 1981, the AIDS epidemic hit. So by that time, I had two stores on Castro Street and a store on Market Street in San Francisco. And um, we literally took care of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Many, many of our employees were, uh, were sick with HIV. And at that time, you know, there was no, uh, there was, there was no cocktail. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I go home every night and on the way home, I stopped to see a friend who was dying and spent time with them during that period of time. So um, we know what it's like to be a frontline worker. And, uh, and since we're into caregiving now, uh, I do want to say I lost my entire generation of people uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. It was a time when we were too busy to be sad. Uh, we worked with um, uh, SF AIDS Foundation. We worked with Stop AIDS. We worked with every community service we could. But it brought us all together as a community. hmm And, um, it was a sad time. There were people who couldn't work eight hour shifts. So we gave them four, two hour shifts because we knew that people had to be connected to be part of the community. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was a really interesting time because among all the sadness and among the uh, the very, very difficult times, it made us cohesive as a community. And there was no outside help, uh, really, until um, until they put the quilt on the mall. Until uh, Elizabeth Taylor got involved and Rock Hudson got sick, and um, we met. We spent years and years and years taking care of each other. Mm. Uh yeah. very very
0: difficult time. And you know, you were uh amazingly running that large of a business and then you know tending to so many people personally, you know, as well. Um, but I'd like to go back to one comment you made and, and that is Alan Turing. Oh, if he if he were alive today, mm, he was hot. I'm sorry. He was a very <laughs> handsome man um but yeah he's been one of one of my idols as interestingly just last night i was also watching a documentary of the actor uh, tad hunter if that name happens to ring a bell um if 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 not uh, on amazon uh amazon prime video uh look tad hunter up he was a an actor who was right alongside um, Rock Hudson and so forth. And and he was gay and he talked about um, in in this hour and a half or so long documentary, a lot about, you know, some of the things that you're talking about as well. Um, It was just very, very interesting and and, and enlightening. And so, yeah, so so you were, I mean, you were not only a retail store, you were basically, you know, almost like a, a triage of, you know, helping people.
1: That's really true. You know, um, I never imagined obviously going into uh, into the 70s and into the early 80s that we would ever have to go through anything like this. And, you know, when it hits, it was just like it was just like um, COVID. It hit, (laughs) it hit and it got bigger and bigger. A good friend of mine, Bob Ross, who used to own the Bay Area Reporter, which was the local gay newspaper in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, we were very, very close friends. And uh, he would not publish more than two pages of obituaries every day. I want you to imagine a large uh, local newspaper that uh, had two pages of people dying column by column by column on a daily basis.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And, and it was a very sad time. I remember uh, I remember the day I think it was in about 19. Oh, boy, about 1997 or 1998. When he came to me and said, not one person was on my obituary. And we celebrated. Wow. But it was many, many, many years. And, you know, originally. Um, uh, AIDS was called grid gay related infectious disease, I recall. But, uh, to date. Yes. We know to date that, uh, 40 million people have died of AIDS primarily in Africa. And, uh, while it is very simple now for people to take a very small pill, people are still dying every day. They haven't found a vaccine in 40 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah it's pretty tragic and and in those countries too it's um you know in part large to the 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 lack of basic services the lack of basic medical attention and the homo sure. and the homophobia and stigma that uh keeps people in the closet and you know on the down low so uh, it's it's still a very tragic situation um all over the world but but in particular, for,
1: for it there. So I'm really uh, glad. I'm sorry, Dennis. Yeah, no, go right ahead. You no, know, I was going to say that uh, uh, I'm particularly happy to be uh, spending this time with you today because it's Pride Month. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that we've been looking at now is the mental health of gay seniors who go back into nursing homes. And they have to go back to the closet. Mm -hmm. And I want you to imagine what it's like for somebody to live their life as they genuinely are, and then being in a strange situation where they don't have the support because most of us have families we choose. But when you get older and your friends die and your families are not that close, you go into a very strange place if you have an illness. And I think it's a really important thing for people to understand and hopefully reach out to people who are getting older and to give them some help because company is really important at that stage of life. You're absolutely right. I I believe
0: one of the articles that I've written was based on a study um, in and around that situation. Um, And I I do know there's been a couple of senior living centers specifically for LGBT that has um, opened in the last few years. But of course, yeah. you know they may not be, you know, accessible, either location wise or, or financial wise. Um, so that 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 really does seem to be uh, an an area that needs a lot of focus. And and even for what what you'd say is, uh, you know, not LGBT specific senior living centers, is you know the kind of attention that the LGBT community has been pushing uh, on corporate America for, you know, um, employee uh, rights and employee quality, you know, that same kind of push really needs to start happening with all of the senior care facility uh, centers. That would be an an amazing thing to ensure that the, um, that they're certified LGBT friendly, that their staff get trained so that hopefully people can then at that point, you know, find a uh, facility um, where they are and within their budget. And so, so that's a really great segue to really talk about uh, Extend
1: a Touch and what you're doing there. Can I talk to you about gay.net and gay.com first?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I'd like to do that. Sure. You know, we had, we had thousands and thousands of people visit our store from all over the world um, uh, and before and during uh, the AIDS epidemic. There weren't as many, of course, during the AIDS epidemic. And I recognized the fact that there, were, there was this new thing, it was called the internet, and the World Wide Web was not yet public. And I thought that we could reach out to LGBT people all over the world. And so I bought a bulletin board service, which at that time could make little X's and O's and draw pictures. And we we got together uh, 10 of the largest uh, LGBT newspapers in the biggest cities, and I published their news and we put up a site. And uh, first year we brought in 10,000 people were actually calling in long distance to first eight modems, then 16 modems. And When, when the 17th person wanted to get on, the 16th person actually uh, had to leave. Uh, it was a great moment in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, the first is uh, there was somebody in Boston who was one of our first customers, and he couldn't get on the entire month, and he wrote to me. And and these people were paying $10 a month plus very expensive long-distance charges. And he said, I haven't been able to get on for a month. I'm going to have to leave. And I was a retailer. So as a retailer, I knew that you always make your customer happy. And I said, you can have a free month. And he said, really? And uh, 24 years later, that man uh, is my husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We formed an amazing relationship. We spoke for two years, trying to make it better for all the other people who were on the service. We merged gay.net and gay.com. And by 1999, we had 4 million people who were monthly visitors, monthly members. They were speaking about 5 million hours a month at that particular point in time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And my husband, Al and I, uh, left the company in 1999 and, um, by 2004, the company went public. Um, which was interesting because it was the first, it, it was the first, um, LGBT company to do so. Wow.
2: Um,
1: and, um, and, and they went on for a couple of years and then they merged with Here Media and Here Media ran them up until a couple of years ago. So, um. It was a very important time, I think, in my life and in the life of a lot of people who managed to get together for, for the first time. They were isolated. They were lonely. And um, and uh, when we had our first commitment ceremony in 1997, uh, we actually had friends that we had made over gay.net and gay.com who came down and came to our commitment ceremony. And we're yeah. still friends to them to this day. So it was a it was a wonderful time in our lives. It was a wonderful time in my life, and um, I just wanted to mention that because I think yeah. it was uh, it was it was very seminal in terms of what we're doing right now. Mm.
0: Yeah, very, very, very interesting, and I appreciate you bringing that up because you have done so much, and that slipped my mind. So I appreciate that yeah huge history i mean who doesn't know gay.com, gay.com right seriously who doesn't young,
1: know pe- young young people but they have a lot but they have a lot of places to go and a yes. lot of things to do and you, um, and uh, you know i have to say that uh, the people who are younger have uh, it, they still have a tough time it's yeah, very do. difficult regardless regardless of who you are so when i was a kid growing up I read about Alan Turing and when I looked in the World Book Encyclopedia, which people used at that time, I found out that I was disabled, I was unlawful, and it kept me in the closet for 25 years. Mm. People today don't have that same thing, but we know that throughout the country, there are uh, laws being written every single day that are actually anti-LGBT, and, um, and, and I think we still have the same responsibilities, of course, to go out and defend ourselves. Uh, what I'm hoping, uh, and we'll tell you this about extended touch, I'm hoping that we can even the tables a little bit and create something that will give us um, great respect. Because what we need is not to defend ourselves. We need to be proud of who we are and what we've done for the general population as well as for our own people. But we did have, we did form a community, Dennis, and that right. community is palpable. It makes you and I naturally friends. Uh, it, it allows me when I speak to somebody who is in our LGBT community to feel comfortable, and uh, and it creates more loyalty. And that's what we're gonna do now with Extend-A-Touch. Mm, absolutely,
0: and. Yeah, it's really sad, uh, you know. Here in the U.S., all, all the various, you know, laws that the GOP Republican Party, with their extreme right wing base, uh, pandering to the extreme, um, are, are just trying to do damage to people, to take away, you know, basic humanity. Uh, it's pretty sad. And then looking around the world, I, I will share with you too curating news every day, as I do hours and hours a day, um, and getting messages from people uh, on LinkedIn. You know, like just today, I got one from someone for, from India looking for a job from a young lesbian person. And But sometimes I get messages from people who are in dire situations, um, and, you know, they message me, you know, asking for help. How, how do they get out? And, you know, I, 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 I have a page on the site on outbeer.com for asylum seekers. But, you know, gosh, I'm only one person, right? <laughs> so I, well, have to, I have to, like, provide them that. But there's not much else I can do. And it, uh, I mean, some days, things that people share with me just literally makes me cry. Cause they're, they're just in, in horrible situations and I can't wait for the day where everyone can be themselves and be wherever they want to be simultaneously.
1: Well, as you know, I sent you a letter. I have a friend in Ottawa named Nicole Dawes and she met somebody, um, uh, who was, uh, who identified themselves, um, um, uh, as, um he, she, we, they and him. And um, uh, I sent a letter to you, Dennis, because I know you understood that. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, and you gave me a little follow up on this, this person is uh, an amazing human being. And is going to help a lot of people and really all uh, all they really wanted to do was get into the mix and help out. So, you know, I think that the idea of community, it goes across all different, all different uh, strata, all different kinds of people. Um, I use the word gay sometimes instead of LGBTQ, and I don't mean to be <laughs> pejorative, but um, it's how I grew up. It right. was a word that was hard, hard for me to say, but the fact is, is everybody does deserve their own distinct label as they wish to speak and to be respected for it you know we talked about politics a minute ago um i'm very happy to be apolitical right now and there's a reason for it and the reason for it is we're taking care of people's health and their well-being and their caregiving and uh, there are no politics there is no difference there is no difference from somebody who is sick in who was a Republican or somebody who is sick, who was a Democrat or somebody who is ill in some other form of politics. Mm. And I like being in this space because it it really gathers everybody together. Mm. Yes.
0: And and it's a uh, definitely a a time of need. And, you know, regardless of, someone's political identities or lack thereof or sexual identities or lack thereof. Everyone deserves respect and needs help now and then. So so great. Well, let's uh, share a little bit more about uh, what Extended Touch is for our listeners and watchers.
1: Well, everybody knows what a dating app is, particularly your listeners and watchers. And uh, but what they don't know uh, is that we have opened up Extend-A-Touch, which is a platform, a network uh, for people to uh, come in and and discuss their caregiving issues. This is for family caregivers, and uh, there are 65 million uh, non-paid caregivers who are taking care of their loved ones. Mm And there are a lot of organizations that are helping people right now in everything from autism to veterans uh, uh, assistance to uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, What we are doing is we're bringing everybody together. So our experiences opening up gay.net, gay.com taught us something. It taught us that people who are isolated and people who are lonely, they have mental health issues. Once they get to contact another person, and once they have somebody that they can trust, it changes their life. So Extended Touch is a place where people can go. They can choose from more than 30 categories. Uh, It has to do with other people's health, people that they're caregiving for. This is specifically for family caregivers. And they can ask for help, or they can go and they can say they can help somebody else. An example, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, over that 10 year period, um, um, you know, she she declined. And, um, and I was able to uh, go down and visit once a month. I live in Sausalito, which is near San Francisco. She was with my my sister who was in Texas. And, um, and when I flew down there the first time, Uh, My sister and I had to go to therapy twice for her to take a week off because she was so burned out after taking care of my sister for so many years. Mm -hmm. Um, She brought me to an Alzheimer's uh, support group. There were six people there. And there were over a million people in the Rio Grande Valley. And there were more than six people with Alzheimer's. And what it really showed me more than anything else is how many people are left out of the system, how many people don't have the information they need. So at Extended Touch, somebody could come in who uh, maybe their dad just got an Alzheimer's um, 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 diagnosis and they could find somebody like me who has been through eight years of it. And, and, and I would be more than happy to talk to them and help guide them through. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we, have a, we, have a, we have a platform that is, it's not a medical platform, but um, even though that it's not, a, and it's also not a social platform, it's a platform for help. So uh, the, real, the real issue here is how do you get one person who understands who you are and then moves forward into uh, local nonprofits. So one of the things that we did at Extend a Touch is uh, we did market research. We had 94 interns last year from colleges and universities all over the United States. They did market search- research and they did some other work for us as well. And we now have resources in 250 cities in the United States and Canada covering over 30 subjects. Mm. So the idea is, is you sign up for extended touch, which is completely free. It will always be free. And then you go and you look for somebody who can help you or generously. You ask, look for people who need help and, 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 and you bond together over the same situation. And then you go and you look for a local nonprofit that can help you on a continuing basis. So we're really not interested in taking people and grabbing them and holding on to them. We're interested in connecting people and then sending them to places where they can get more help. Awesome. And, and so this is about, and I, I mentioned to you a few minutes ago about the general society. We, we believe that we have a solution to tie all the networks together and to bring together people so that they can help each other out. We are absolutely 100% open about being an LGBT company. And, uh, and my greatest wish is for somebody to understand or for everybody to understand that we are natural caregivers. And we really, don't, we really are, are not interested in being by ourselves, we're interested in caring for the population. Mm. There are more LGBTQ caregivers, uh, percentage-wise, than the general population. I've heard, um, I've heard
0: that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 we're doing a good job. Uh, what I would really like is for our place in life to be normalized. And by normalized, I'd like us to be recognized for the fact that we may or may not have children. We, uh, we may not do the same things that the general population does, but our differences are slight and our commitment to the general society is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would
1: like us to be respected for that because I think it changes the conversation. You know, uh, when Anita Bryant got hit in a, a face with a pie in Florida, I thought everybody would laugh and it would be all over, but it wasn't, it didn't even start. So, um, you know, we're reaching a point now where, uh, people understand that diversity and inclusion is very important. On extended touch, we have a subject, it's called cultural competence. It's about taking the time to listen to other people and to, and to really understand who they are and 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 to be able to communicate with them openly and to share your ideas uh, wow. my fondest hope and i know this is already happening is for a poor woman in mississippi who may be a, a person of color whose husband has alzheimer's speaking to a wealthy man in uh, in san francisco who has exactly the same situation and because extended touch is anonymous, they don't know anything except that they're dealing with the same health issues, trying to help each other out. Okay. And if we can level the playing field, we're going to get an awful lot of people on board who will be able to help each other. Beautiful. Another issue. It, yes. Another issue is another issue is, um, is COVID. COVID has left so many people with PTSD, uh, with terrible trauma. Even now, when we've tamped down uh, the uh, the virus here in the United States, we're still losing 500 people a day. And it's destroying families every day and creating so many more caregivers and so many more issues. So, um, you know, I think think that there's gonna be a lot of self-care And if you're anonymous, you can come to extended touch and you don't have to say who your name is, or you can make up a name. Uh, you can use, uh, any of the social network services to sign on. So you don't have to remember a new password, Mm -hmm. which is pain for everybody. Or you can enter your email and that's encrypted and kept in a, in a remote location and will never be divulged. So we really believe that the ability for people to speak uh, honestly and truthfully about themselves is a very, very important thing. I get uh, I get uh, new people signing on every day, and they're people who have uh, borderline um, um, situations, and and they quite frankly are afraid to speak to anybody about what's going on, mm. and their issues run deep. Now. We put a disclaimer up, and our disclaimer, um, we get people every day coming on. They are, they're ashamed, and they don't know who to speak to. They're reaching out for help. Fortunately, we're able to refer them to, uh, to uh, nonprofits who understand what to do. Yeah, and you so know, it,
0: there, there's one thing I'd like to interject here and uh, for those sure. listening and watching and be, be sure folks that if you have anyone in your uh, family or friend circle that you Google caregiver rights, okay? Caregiver rights. It's a whole list of rights that you uh, you or that person as a caregiver have in the sense of, you know, just, just Google it. I'm sure you know what it is, Andy, but, um, but th- that was very, um, enlightening. Um, so cause cause sometimes people will get into situations where they are, they aren't taking care of themselves. They are feeling a bit abused, maybe are actually being abused by the person who is sick. Um, or, or ill or whatever. So, cause sometimes people when they're sick or ill are not on their best behavior. Uh,
1: that's, that's, that's for sure, Dennis. And, and you know, you know, uh, I think you made a really good point. Uh, being a caregiver is very, very difficult. Um, as, as, as long-term caregivers often die before the people they're taken care of. They don't take care of themselves and and they're isolated and they're lonely.
0: Yeah, and, and, and often don't have care- a break
1: <laughs> like your sister did, you know, a, or, you a, know. A bre-
0: yes. It, it's tough.
1: And, 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 and you know, uh, new caregivers, they, are, they don't know what's going on. They're shocked, they're unprepared. And so what we're trying to do is bring people together just like we did well, just like we did in the nineteen nineties, yeah, and 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 so having done this before, I understand the most important thing is to leave no one behind. Mm. And so we've we are, uh, you know, we have a technology company in addition to Extend the Touch, and uh, we've built some very good technology to bring people together. As we get more and more people aboard, we'll be using AI to get better matches for people. But the most important thing is for people to have other people and to know that they can trust that there's a place where they can come and they can get help. Um, its uh, I have to say, you know, I never expected to start a new company at age 70. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I have to say it also is the pleasure of my life. I spend hours and hours and hours every day working on it because I know that it's going to need that type of work. We look at it as a global effort. So we're starting here in the United States and Canada, but uh, people in Europe are getting older than the people in the United States.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and China, they had a one-child policy. and In about 10 years, there's going to be one poor man who's going to be taking care of two parents and four grandparents. Mm-hmm. And typically, people who live in Latin America don't put their elders in nursing homes, but they still have a lack of information. Mm-hmm. So we really see a world coming together to help each other out. You know, in some ways we've done this with, uh, with COVID with vaccines, I would say we are starting to share with the world. And, uh, but, you know, it's the same situation we had with AIDS, the rich countries are all getting vaccinated. The poor countries are out of control. Yeah. And here in the US, we're looking at things and we're saying, well, it's we're getting rid of it, but it's raging in India. It's raging in South America and uh, and and will continue until everybody is vaccinated or most people are vaccinated and we get herd immunity. Yes, Uh, I, 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 I can't say how much I care about this particular venture because it is actually something that is uh, it's going to change the way people are looking at caregiving you can do things when you band together and we know that from our lgbtq community with the aids epidemic people band together they form the community and they help each other out and that's what our purpose is with extend the touch
0: well it's amazing and uh uh, I'm sure it'll go, go far. I think uh, we need uh, the president to
1: make a statement about extended touch. <laughs> and that, and that, would be, that would be absolutely fantastic. We're, you know, we're getting a lot of support from nonprofits. I know you're a veteran yourself, mm-hmm. and the veteran community has been just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, we are members of the San Diego Veterans Coalition, We're working with the Under Warrior um, Foundation and uh, and many other organizations like Soldiers Angels in San Antonio, Texas, that uh, they send packages to people who are serving so they don't feel by themselves. Mm. And um, so, you know, there's many communities that are really coming together. And if you think about it, nobody has one issue. When my mom was sick with Alzheimer's, I got an Amazon show. And they used to put the Amazon show in front of her face. She couldn't remember how to use the television. She couldn't stand. Mm-hmm. She had macular generation. She couldn't hear. But I got to keep company with her every every, every night we kept company with each other while she had a dinner. And then I'd play games with her for an hour afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so to me, caregiving is about advocacy. It's a very
0: complicated
1: um, thing, and so
0: many people don't really realize it when they get into it, and uh, so can 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 appreciate all the work that you did with your uh, own mother and everything that you're doing right now to to help support others. So it's very very in, very interesting and so telling where your entire career. Um, from your stores and what you did there to starting, you know, Gay.com and Gay.net to now this,
1: you there's a thread
0: there. And it's all Dennis, about helping and connecting others.
1: You know, Dennis, I never thought that I would be a caregiver my entire life. Uh, you know, my mom and uh, passed away from Alzheimer's, thankfully before COVID, because that would have been a really horrible situation for her. Uh, my father had pancreatic cancer. My sister had breast cancer. My grandmother had stomach cancer, and my grandfather had stomach cancer and And uh, you know I, I I understand how difficult it is for an individual to go through uh, caregiving, uh, having done it for a very, very long time and And um, uh, what we want to do is we want to bring a little bit of hope. So there's many many places you can go to feel sorry for somebody or to express an opinion but there's nobody place to go where you can match up with somebody who shares your same issues. And so and so caregiving matching is a new category that caregivers haven't had before. Its focus is to bring people together. And and so really what we're doing is we're working on uh, love and inspiration and hope and support. And we're gonna launch a couple of campaigns that I think um, uh, will be very interesting to people. We're gonna give $100 a week away to the best video that shows any one of those four things, four, of those four virtues really, and try to raise up the level of respect and and, and show how great caregivers are and how great they can be. We're um, gonna be on TikTok, it'll be on YouTube. And, um, and, and we expect that uh, we're gonna get a lot of people involved in it. We're opening up a, uh, we're working with interns at the University of Texas at Dallas. Um, uh, what we're doing is we're putting together a prototype program. And um, so we're bringing together educators, we're bringing together students, We're bringing together administration and alumni. And as you know, when everybody graduates, there's a lot of alumni. And uh, we're going to bring them together and we're going to create a caregiver club at the University of Texas at Dallas. Once we've gotten that together and we have some good testimonials and we have good action, we've identified 568 other universities and colleges. We're going to send a template to all of those people Because young people, and and there's more than 10 million young caregivers right now, are taking care of other people. And, you know, when you're young, uh, you have all the hopes in the world. And what we're finding is that the young caregivers are going to help bring some people who are a little older aboard, and make everybody really aware that they're there to help as well. And so we hope to spread this throughout the United States and beyond after that. Uh, I know that you probably think our ambitions are high. They are. Uh, we 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 uh, we really want to we we want to let people have a level playing field, and we want to give people a chance. And um, I think that the most important thing to us about extend the touch is that as it grows, and it's going to take a long time to grow, uh, we're approaching uh, some major corporations. Some large associations, some some not so large nonprofits and some larger nonprofits. But uh, we hope to spread the word throughout the population and let people know that um, that there's people out there to help them. Uh, And uh, it's I think it's very, very important.
0: Uh, It is very important. Having gone through a situation in my own family and still dealing with that, uh, I know how important it is. Well, uh, we've had a really, you've just given us so much information. Um, I know I want to respect your time. We're coming up here on uh, almost an hour. So just wanted to, is there anything that maybe you haven't chatted about that you would like to share with the audience before
1: uh, we sign off? Yes, you are not alone. And, 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 and finding another person, no matter how bad you feel or how isolated you feel, finding another person who can relate to you. And you might do nothing more than just speak to them over the internet once a day or once every couple of days and say, how are things with you? And they can say they're shitty <laughs> and you can say the same thing. It's great to have a bond with another human being. It's the strongest thing that we can possibly do because from there, we can get help from the outside. Absolutely. And
0: um, I could not agree with you more. And again, folks, it is anonymous and you are connected with other people in similar situations or have gone through similar situations. So it's a, a great way to reach out and ask for help and or offer help. Maybe you've gone through situations before and now you would like to give back and be that support for someone else. Extend a touch, that is extend, extendatouch.com. Now I didn't ask you before, I, I look. I tried to look it up. Uh, it's not yet like a smartphone app, correct? It's, on, it's the internet only cur-
1: uh, right now, correct? Right now, it's a web app and I'll explain to you why. After having a career of opening up retail stores, opening up uh, a, uh, a LGBT community, uh, you never do it right the first time. I understand. <laughs> and, and no matter how hard you try, you never do it right the first time. And so particularly with COVID, COVID going on in the last year We wanna get it right first before we go out and put together, which we will be doing. We're gonna be putting together Android apps. We'll be putting together iOS apps. But if you look and you look through uh, Extended Touch now, you'll see it is a web app. Mm. You can look at it on your phone. You can look at it on your computer. Right. But but native apps will be coming Mm. because it makes it easier for people to connect quickly and get push messages so that they can just chat back and forth. So it's in the works and it will be I coming soon. <clears throat> I, I
0: totally understand that. <laughs> well, Andy, I so much appreciate you taking uh, time out of your early day uh, to chat with us today and uh, share all the great information about Extended
1: Touch and your rich history. Dennis, thank you so much for the opportunity. I I really enjoyed this a lot and, um, and I hope it helps a lot of people. Thank you, everyone, for staying uh, tuned to this
0: episode of Out Bureau of Voices. You've been listening to Andy Kramer. Again, that is extendatouch.com. Be sure to check that out today and let people in your sphere of influence, family, friends, etc., church members and so forth, coworkers, know about Extended Touch. Sign up today. You have a wonderful day, and we appreciate you being here. Bye-bye. Thank you.